I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In times of anxiety, and frankly, what other kind of time are we living in now? Or frankly, any time. In times of anxiety, it is normal to fear that we won't have enough. It's normal to fear that things will never get better, that we had better take control that we had better work harder and do more to fend off any pending disaster. And I get that. I do. I more than get it. I am it. But when I get to feeling this way, and now might just be one of those times, I return to one of my favorite poems, one of my favorite poets, The Wild Geese by Wendell Berry. Surely you didn't think I'd leave without offering at least one more poem from the pulpit, did you? Well, here it is for all of us, me most of all, who are feeling anxious. Horseback on Sunday morning, harvest over, we taste persimmon and wild grape, sharp sweet of summer's end. In time's maze over fallen fields, we name names that went west from here, names that rest on graves. We open a persimmon seed to find the tree that stands in promise pale in the seed's marrow. Geese appear high over us, pass, and the sky closes, abandon as in love or sleep, holds them to their way, clear in the ancient faith. What we need is here. And we pray, not for new earth or heaven, but to be quiet in heart and in eye clear. What we need is here. What we need is here. What we need is here. It's hard to believe sometimes, I think. It's, it's hard to hold on to that truth in anxious times, but it's true. What we need is here, right here, right in this place with these people. That's hard to believe, I know, and we're not alone in struggling to hold on to that. In fact, worry and anxiety, seeking for certainty and clear answers, well, none of that is new or unique to us or our times. Anxiety is endemic to human experience, as is the desire for answers, for certainty. All those years ago, when the crowds noticed that Jesus and his disciples had disappeared so soon after feeding them with just a few loaves of bread, they respond with anxiety and urgency. Where is that Jesus? How do we get more bread? They pursue him, demanding more, asking what they must do 
to get more bread. Then in wheedling tones, they ask Jesus what he's going to do to give them more miraculous signs. What work he, will he perform to convince them that he's from God? They threaten and cajole. Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness given by Moses. What are you going to do, Jesus? This is their urgent, hot take in the face of anxiety. We need bread. We need signs. We need proof. Moses was a great prophet. He demonstrated this by providing manna for our ancestors. Now we've got nothing. What good are you, Jesus? Paul faces something similar in the church at Ephesus. This group of Gentiles has been graciously grafted into Israel, brought into the body of Christ, given meaning and identity, but now it turns out that they're listening to others with false teaching. Left to their own devices after Paul left, they want more, something, anything to reassure them, certain that they can't manage on their own, just them. So they're listening to crafty, false prophets, even though Paul has taught them the truth about salvation from Christ and the grace of God. Now, it's easy from this distance to look down our noses at the clamoring, clueless crowds by the Sea of Galilee who just don't seem to get what Jesus is showing and teaching. It's easy to scoff at that new church in Ephesus so eager to turn to false teaching even after they've had the greatest evangelist, St. Paul, as their teacher. But let's be honest. We all know, I know, the feeling of worry, the wondering of what's going to happen Next, what happens when there's a gap, a loss, a question mark in the future? That's true even in our faith lives, of course. It's true when the church feels anxious and uncertain. It's what we, it's what you might be feeling now as All Saints enters into a time of transition. In these times, we might long for certainty. We might want to demand answers, any answer, to keep from feeling lost, maybe. Maybe to keep us from feeling our feelings of sadness or of anger or a feeling out of control. But we're not meant to find quick answers. We're not meant to come to snap judgments. We're not even supposed to work really, really hard to solve it all on our very own. Rather, rather we are called to rely on what lasts beyond the storms of our daily lives. We are called to lean into what is certain, the strong rock of God, the teaching and promises of Scripture, the body of Christ that is found in the local church, all of which have sustained generations before us and will, I promise you, 
sustain us too. In his letter to the Ephesians, Paul reassures this new church that they have everything they need to grow in maturity as followers of Christ. They don't need new teachings. They don't need new leaders or to work harder. Rather, they need to abide with one another with humility, gentleness, and patience, seeking not to solve every single disagreement, but rather to bear with one another in love, maintaining their unity, and they don't need to force this unity. Instead, they're to rest in the unity that is given to them by God, one body, one spirit, one hope of their calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. They don't have to jostle for control, worrying about who's going to do what. They can trust. They can trust that grace has been given to them and that different members will receive the gifts that are needed to equip the saints to build up their church. They don't have to look for something better tossed about by new ideas, but they need only remember to speak the truth in love to one another about the thing that matters above all else, the good news of salvation through Christ the good news of the grace of God. And those anxious folks seeking more bread by the Sea of Galilee, the ones who want to know what they must do, what work Jesus will do to supply the bread, well, they were confused about what they really needed. They thought it was all about mere bodily sustenance, but Jesus reassures and comforts them. They don't have to work. They don't have to look for someone to give them bread, for it is God, not Moses, nor anyone else who gives the true bread of heaven, the bread that gives life. And when they ask, sir, give us this bread always, Jesus reveals that what they need, what they are asking for, is already here. I am the bread of life, he says. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. We have what we need, God's grace and mercy, Jesus' bread of life. All we need is to come to Jesus, to believe in him, which in John's gospel is never about intellectual assent, but always about a relationship with Christ. And we can find all of that, all of it, right here. Right here, here in this body of Christ and all saints. In a time of anxiety and questions in our larger world and here in our own parish, as you and I enter a time of transition, we can join one another. You can join one another in humility and patience, bearing with one another in love, certain that we don't have to judge or have all the answers. We don't even have to work to get what we need. God will supply our needs. For what we need, the bread of life, the grace of God, is here, free for the taking.
All we need to do is come forward Sunday by Sunday, hands open and empty and trusting, and receive the bread of life. Beloved, be quiet in heart and in eye clear, for what we need is here. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.